Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi and released in 2017. The plot of Thor Ragnarok goes something like this. In order to avoid the Asgardian apocalypse, Thor must find his way home and defeat Hela, the goddess of death. And yeah, that's yes, pretty much it. That is pretty I think much it's Hela. Like, oh, yeah, she does, doesn't it's she? It's Hela, like Helen, but with an Yeah, yeah. I, I think I missed that because I was, um, you know, I was thinking Hilo, like Hilos. <laughs> like in Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, basically. Tom O'Pennigan's character or, um, in Battlestar Galactica? Or Helicopters. Okay. Um, so, yeah, do you want to do a, a quick spoiler-free hmm. section to see if people yes. should watch this? Yes. Um, I mean, you guys are going to watch this anyway, right? Pretty much. I think you're all going to watch it. And I would say, yeah, sure, watch this. Um, it's good fun. It is a little bit of a mould breaker for the Marvel films um, and so the Thor movies have traditionally been the weak link. I've of been the cleaning universe. all day, and you said mold, and I was like, "What are you? Where are you going with mold?" <laughs> anyway, yeah, it is different to a lot of the other ones, um, which is good for I think people who are getting a little bit, you know, of that Marvel fatigue. Yeah, I like, and I think I have a bit of Marvel fatigue, and I did find this very funny. Although I do, I don't, I didn't love it. I think I watched this twice, hmm. and both times, like the next day, I was like, "Did I watch Thor?" was Thor about and like I could remember it eventually but I was also like it, I just completely blanked my brain on it mm. I didn't find that I had I was thinking about it a lot that night after we saw it um but yeah I enjoyed it I think you should watch it it's um definitely a really fun movie and one that you don't want to miss it's got yeah it's got lots of good things in it and it looks really great and it's really mm. vibrant and fun and funny and it's Marvel's first um first diverse director as well plus it does a lot of things really well that a lot of marvel movies and thor movies in particular have not been able to do before in terms of like balancing balancing characters and stuff like that Mm. so on that front i'd say yeah go see it um we'll talk about some of the things that i had issues with afterwards but still worth watching Mm. so we're going to start talking spoilers now so come back after you've seen thor ragnarok uh if you haven't seen it yet and you plan to Okay, so right off the bat, I think the the one of the main problems I had with this movie was the same as the problem they had with the Ga- last Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which I also forgot I'd seen earlier this year. <sighs> which is that it's really funny, but because it's funny and it doesn't take itself very seriously, it lacks emotional weight in the big emotional moments. Mm. So when Odin dies, it feels really weird and cheap and strange. Um, when the Warriors three die, they barely they get ju- they just get offed like nothing two of them don't get a line yeah and the third one gets a bit of a heroic stand well, last I think, stand i, I think the not zachary killed. levi one gets like one line when yeah. heller arrives in Rap- zachary levi gets no lines. zachary levi gets nothing and gets to charge with the sword and is killed yeah like that it was really and and sif he's, is nowhere to be seen he's just been announced as zachary levi's just been announced as shazam for the mm. dc universe i did see that maybe that eases the sting a little bit but yeah no Sif is not in this movie they don't mention her in this movie and she's not in this movie just because Jamie Alexander was shooting um blind she's got a tv show apparently yeah but you're like okay so at least mention her like you did with Jane like that's crazy plus there's no Thor never reacts to the deaths of his three best friends (laughs) there's no he doesn't even know it happened I don't think like there's nothing there um that and it just feels like it, it felt cheap and, mm. and mean-spirited to do that to characters mm. who were fan favourites and a big part of the Thor mm. universe and, and stuff. And especially also the death of Odin is should be a bigger moment. Oh, definitely. Um, it's the, the first sort of 
act, I think, of this movie is really odd and rushed. And then the second act is really long. Mm. <laughs> and, like, it's funny, but you're like, is this really what the meat of this movie is supposed to be? Like, several scenes of Thor and Hulk just arguing is the meat of this movie. Mm. Um, and then I think it comes together well in the third act. I think that's probably the best part, which is unusual for a Marvel movie, again. But, yeah, it's um, a quite a good fight at the end. You, so, yeah. you never um, you never not know where everybody is. And it's, that's got real emotional weight. Yeah, and there, yeah, there's genuine stakes mm. um, of people there. And I, oh, my God, I really loved um, Heimdall in this. I was like, give Heimdall the throne. <laughs> dreamy. Well, so not, dreamy. He was dreamy. And also Idris Elba's personal trainer is credited in the credits. <laughs> and whoever you are, I didn't see your name, but you did an excellent job. You did great work. But he, like, not um, – not so much for how he looked, but he was the real true leader of the Asgardians. Mm. He saved the people. Well, he's the Hufflepuff, you know, that's mm. what he does. Anyway, he's, he's, he works hard and he saves the people and then he gives the yeah. throne to the Gryffindor. Um, yeah, like, I know he's not, you know, royal born or anything, but it just, I was like, give the throne to Heimdall. He actually will be on Asgard, well, wherever they choose to live, he'll be there with them. Yeah, you to know. be fair, it wasn't Thor's fault he wasn't Not there that time um, for once. But, yeah, it, it's, it just really rushes through that first act mm. and there's no real weight to anything that happens in the first act. Also, that's definitely changed from what it was when the first trailer came out because when uh, Hela breaks the hammer in the first trailer, it's in a city. I remember that distinctly. It's not on a hill. Oh. It looks very different. Yeah, um, I didn't remember that. I did find that particular scene particularly egregious in the green screen. Yeah, it was weird. It weird didn't work, scene. make and sense. There's also some bits where um, both Thor and Loki have to like stand still and watch Hela come across the sea and all that, mm. and it's really awkward. Like you can sort of tell that it's two people standing somewhere in, you know, Queensland with a screen with green screens everywhere, mm. and they both they just stand awkwardly. That whole um, Death of Odin sequence is really. Yeah, and I, I do wonder if that's a like a reshoot issue. And Anthony Hopkins oh. is just not giving it. He was weird in this movie. I, 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 I felt like he was at his best when he was pretending to be Tom Hiddleston. Even then, he wasn't really pretending to be Tom Hiddleston. He was just affecting these slightly effeminate mannerisms. He didn't seem like watching Chris Evans play Tom Hiddleston, like play Loki, play Captain America – is so much more on point mm. than Anthony Hopkins as Loki was in this, you know? Mm-mm. He just does, like, yeah, camp. Uh, yeah, but still, it was the most animated that he was and That's the most true. sort of, like, you know, affecting. And I The mean, rest of the time, yeah, like, he seemed like he was sleepwalking. Anthony Hopkins is a hack. Like, I think that's well known. But also he's a good actor. And he should be able to do that even in these hacky movies that he does. Yeah. Or these parts that he thinks are hacky. Well, no, but he was better in Transformers. <laughs> like... Yeah, mm-hmm. He, he had more fun in Transformers than he did in this. And that was not a yeah. good movie. So, yeah, it, it, he was just not in mm. it. He, his heart yeah. was not Although in it. Although I, I do believe the, um, the bit on Asgard with the, um, with the, the fake play. That with he, all the actor cameos? With the, yeah, with all the, it was actually done in post-production because I, I needed to sate my curiosity because curiosity, I was like, I didn't hear of Matt Damon being in Australia. I feel like we would have heard mm. about that if he was here and it wasn't shot here. It was shot and done in reshoots mm. um, later on. And I, I do kind of wonder, like, it's totally, if when he was on I, set, he wasn't doing as well as it, he did in his reshoot performance? I Odd. think he, um, I think that, scene wasn't in the original movie no no I think it, it wasn't that's somehow done skipped I don't know how the, Thor and Loki found each other again but I think it skipped that 
in the original movie and they were in a city and, and mm. all of the stuff happened very differently. Um, and then they mm. kind of redid it all because it was really odd and it didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. And that, that was a big problem. Yeah, the first it, act was a mess. Yeah. Um, I do remember when they were shooting in, in Queensland, they did shut down parts of Brisbane for the bits of Hiddles in a black suit, the bit where yeah. they go to the um, – the old folks home and then to mm. the sanctum sanctum i remember that too. i remember those shoots happening so I, that happened in the original shoot but yeah um but yeah but that bit, fit, bit felt more like together as well mm-hmm. um the other thing that annoyed me in this movie that is not it's the ongoing marvel problem of what they do with female characters um there are no female characters in this that have been in any other thor movie mm. no None. there aren't oh the ongoing like Natalie Portman thing is I look I know that she had a falling out with Marvel but seriously like it's horrible and they hang a lantern on it every time as though like but they have to because uh, she's not there like they mm. not mentioning Sif was so egregious because you're like but where did she go so you have to at least mention that Jane's not there anymore it's just so annoying like seriously and that's the thing when you don't have her you you don't have Jane you don't have Sif and you take out Jane you take out Darcy because Darcy is the one person I did miss in this. Like, I quite missed Darcy. I, there I was Sif because I was like, it, there's no women, like, fighting against Teller, which mm. is, you know, would yeah. have been really good to see. Other than, yeah, when, um, when Tess Thompson comes in. But, yeah, yeah but that, I, I, I miss Darcy. Like, I'm, she was great mm. comic relief. But this movie is it doesn't need any. overstuffed <laughs> with overactors and, like, comic relief type people. Like, well, I just think that's the – I think that's fine. I think that's the level of performance they were going for. Yeah. So, I don't have a problem with yeah, that. I know. It's it, it's kind of there – was, there was sort of some tonal dissonance. Um, There was – Normally, like Tom Hiddleston brings the drama and the sort of overactor type mm. stuff, but he next to Kate Blanchett and Jeff Goldblum, he looked frankly understated. Well, I don't think that he was. Yeah, I think he was definitely much, much more reined in for this yeah. movie. But I think that was a good thing. Oh, I, I'm not saying it wasn't because I also think that um, Kate Blanchett particularly was allowed to get away with too much, um, and oh, would have be- would have benefited from a little bit of reining in, to be honest. I don't know. I Jeff think that Goldblum was, fun. was really funny, but he—that was—I mean, he was his role was small enough that it's meant to be kind of yeah. small and funny. And then, of course, you have um, he, Benedict Cumberbatch shows up as well. I was at this point, I was like, oh yeah, like this movie needs another drama queen. But um, he's kind of in this weird mini little cameo where you notice how terrible the Doctor Strange accent is because you only have it for five oh, the minutes. Accents in this movie. But no, I, I actually don't feel didn't feel any tonal dissonance because I thought everybody was going at the sa- like they were all at the same kind of level like everybody was going for shooting for the rafters mm. everybody was going no, big but then like um Thor, and so it was fine uh, for chris me. hemsworth but then you look at chris hemsworth and mark ruffalo ones to be big and yeah chris hemsworth is is really good he's finally kind of really comfortable in this role it's probably the best i think it's also the writing though this is much more written for him that's and true. the other two aren't yes they've they've sort of finally f- and they they sort of went this is written much more like his Avengers characterization. Yes. Which is like a little more played for fun, a little more making fun of Thor, which mm. is, I think, more acceptable because the other movies didn't seem to want to make fun of Thor. Mm. But at the same time, that was what Chris Hemsworth was good at, A, and B, it makes him much more likable because he's such a difficult character because he's just not got a lot, mm. you know, of personality. But if we're laughing at him because he's being dumb – then he's much more likable because we care about him. Mm, yeah. You know, I think that that is yeah, yeah. good. No, I I think he's he's really good, and I think Mark Ruffalo I'd particularly 
uh, single out for like acting mm. um, in this. He's thought. I mean, Hulk doesn't have like a huge role in this. I don't think he comes in until the second act. But he he imbues it with so much pathos. Mm. The, when he's Hulk and when he's Bruce, he's mm. so good. I know his his um big toddler act as Hulk is so cute mm. and so funny. He's yeah, he's always good. Um, but he's kind of playing the straight man as well for yeah, most yeah. of this. I I just it was a, there was all these like there was um you know you sort of when you think about like schools of acting you've got like your real naturalists and then you've got your real sort of classically trained and they sort of they they all mix together and it can be a bit weird sometimes in this movie i don't know i didn't find that personally i didn't have a problem i i liked that you know they were just basically um everybody was kind of going for big space crazy mm, um that is and true. that worked fine for me i didn't have a problem with that i mean even idris elba's doing like the most of heroism you know, like the most of the the heroic, you know, um, protector of the people. Everybody's doing the most in their role, yeah. except for Thor and Loki, which is really good because the main kind of storyline in this um, is like that family drama stuff, mm. which is what Thor is good at as well. Mm. Um, but it it means that it's so balanced and it works really well. Mm. That you you care about both Thor and Loki. You actually get to see Loki's side of things a bit more in this movie, but also Thor's side. Like it's not like the first movie, which was a Loki movie called Thor with with some blonde guy in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like the second movie either, where like even Loki was still the best part of it. Mm. Um, you know that it's much more balanced. It works much better. And so when Loki tricks Thor, you actually feel it for once. Most mm. of the time you're just like, of course he's tricking yeah. you, you idiot. But but that's and also that's because in this one you finally got Thor at a point where he knows to check for tricks. Yeah. And yeah, there's I just think it's a lot better. So yeah, I, I appreciated that. But yeah, the, the woman problem is something mm. that is very frustrating. And I found it frustrating in this that Taika Waititi decided to go for like using women as props a lot, you know, there's like fawning women over Scourge and women fawning over Jeff Goldblum and mm. Grandmaster and stuff like that. That really annoyed me, mm. like having all of the sexy ladies in that, that city, planet, place mm. annoyed me. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't appreciate that because I'm like, <laughs> yes. this is not what you want to be doing with this movie with no. like, if you want to be having these, you know, tough female characters as guardians and stuff and then there's not a lot of women in, on asgard and really the only one you see is that's featured is an old woman who nearly gets killed and then like scourge doesn't kill her mm. so that really annoyed me yeah really no annoyed it me. me too actually it just was like unnecessary yeah and it's like there were and you don't get to so do many ways to show like scourge and, and jeff goldblum as jerks well also why not make it a kid or something mm. you know um, and Scourge, yeah, that uh, he gets more um, emotional weight to his death mm. than any of the like major characters from previous movies. Yep, that doesn't. That's no, not someone earned. we've just met. Yeah, um, that's that's not earned. That definitely wasn't earned. Um, I didn't really appreciate that storyline all that much. I was like, you don't need this mm. in this movie. It makes it feel overstuffed. Not that I, I like Carl Urban and everything. Yeah. But it really kind of made the movie feel. And I didn't know what they were trying to do with that character. I think they were trying to talk about like the heroism of Asgardians, but that's not really the good a good character to do it with. And I, maybe it's a comic well, book Well, I mean, I, I actually liked that they did that with that character because uh, the whole like – you look like a smart boy with good survival instincts type mm. thing. I liked that, you know, he 
starts out as going along with the crowd because he doesn't want to, um, you know, do- doesn't want to get in trouble or doesn't doesn't want to be on the wrong side of this or get killed. And then he eventually realizes, you know, what he's that he's got to stand up for what is right. Like that's fine. That's a perfectly fine arc. But nobody else gets that level of emotional weight. And but it, yeah, it's the fact that he did it with that character that kind of annoys me. Mm. I don't know. It just, but it wasn't a major issue. It just annoyed me. Well, I mean, yeah, like, and the the Warriors Three certainly deserved that more heroic death. Yeah, that's yeah. If exactly. They were gonna, if you're going to kill off the Warriors Three so fucking cheaply, which they did. I know. That's uh, that's exactly why I think it was so frustrating to mm. see that happen with Scourge. When you're like, but the Warriors Three got nothing. Mm. They got nothing. It was awful to them. So yeah. yeah. And then you've only really got sort of Hella and, I mean, there's the mi- minor role from Rachel House. Mm. Um, Topaz, yeah. You've only really got Rachel and, and Valkyrie mm. as the female characters in this. Um, and I think they were both fine. Mm. Tessa Thompson has some accent Ooh, issues. Boy. but Oh, boy. But so does Everett. Like, this movie is just an accent soup. <laughs> it is. But she was definitely good casting for what they mm. d- decided to do with Valkyrie. Yes. And it was, she was I, really fun. I'm I so excited that. to see Tessa Thompson getting these kind of roles too. too. I really like her. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that accent, woof. There were a lot of times in this movie where I was reminded very strongly of the first role that I saw J- Tessa Thompson in, which was as Jackie on Veronica Mars, mm. because Jackie has the same kind of like bitch face thing that she does quite often yeah, in yeah. this and that's where it came like i t- told you that afterwards and you're like oh i didn't see it and no, i realized because it was i was too that. busy freaking out over the accent i you know how i am about accents <laughs> yeah. and i was like uh, i know that you're a great actress i've seen you do really well in things and you're i can see i could physically see her performance being stifled by the fact that they were trying to get her to do this accent that she was she well, they have to was struggling with the one thing that as guardians actually yeah. have in common is the accent. A vaguely british accent i get it um, which the, and and like at the end, obviously, um, Kate Blanchett and, and Chris Hemsworth both drop out of accent when they're acting together. Yeah, although Kate Blanchett never really gets into it. Well, Kate Blanchett just always sort of sounds like Kate Blanchett. She, I mean, she sounds mm. like Galadriel. Yeah, she does. Like this yeah. was the, by the way, the most Lord of the Ringsy Marvel movie I've ever seen. Mm. So many things. Like at the beginning, I'm like, oh look, it's a Balrog. <laughs> He's fighting well, a Balrog. The same production designers. Uh, that yeah. Um, <laughs> And of then course, they, like there's only like seven people in New Zealand. They all work on. The, and then like Heimdall takes everybody to Helm's Deep. And, like, yeah, yeah. And then you know you've got Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban in this. And, movie, although I believe the Helm- and half of the people had New Zealand accents. Like. Oh my god, yeah. And and I mean, th- I believe the Helm's Deep this time was the uh, Gold Coast hinterland. But yeah, it yeah, I, it, I, it I was the same plot. It was yes. It was. It's more the plot point of it being a stronghold mm-hmm. that, that all the people were taken to. And then she has to like open this door in a cliff, which with, is another Lord of the Ringsy very Lord with Aemir like right there yeah. in the movie with them getting then getting a Boromir death. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it was. And then some of them even looked like elves. Like some of the Asgardians even looked like elves. It mm-hmm. was really yeah because they I do tend like, to cast Asgardians as like sort of Nordic looking, so they pick sort of. There's quite a few. Quite a lot of tall blondes in there. Uh, I, there was also some with like long hair in a ponytail that was mm. very elf, elf, elf like elfish. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of Lord of the Rings, which was funny because the only the stuff on Asgard, the whole rest of it is so not Lord of the Ringsy, but that stuff mm. was very yeah, heavily. like Sakaar is is very different. Sakaar, that's what it's called. Um, yes, but yeah, and then the Sakaar stuff was really fun. I can see why they made that the m- mm. bulk of the movie because um, it's fun and funny oh. and. Thor's kind of struggling with his emotions, but also trying to get out of there. And yep. there's a lot going on for him. 
And that big sort of Thor versus Hulk fight takes up a big chunk of it as well. Mm, it does. Um, it's a good fight, though. I it think. is. And but I feel like that kind of – the emotions of that Thor versus Hulk thing were dragged out for too long. Mm. I think they should have resolved it a little bit quicker. I think the pacing of it was a bit weird. Yeah. It is very long. Um, and there's – we also, like, immediately after that, we the, it struggles with, like, flashing back to Asgard – because immediately after that fight, we go, we jump straight back to that is a Thor problem. Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban, <laughs> and um, which by the way is when I took a pee break the first time I saw it because I was like, this is a time I'm bored. I don't want to go back here. Um, but yeah, it does go too long that fight thing. I mean, and then there's that whole bit with um the uh the Taika Waititi's mocap character Korg, Korg who is freaking hilarious, yeah. but also it kind of it's kind of scene steely and it takes up probably more time and attention than it should. It probably does, but I kind of don't care. It was hilarious. Like, piss off, ghost! And, like, his completely deadpan and, like, incredibly Kiwi accent is so funny. Like, he's so funny. I just don't care that that was seen stealing. Mm. I mean, they could have cut time from a million other places as well. But that was so so funny. And it certainly got all the biggest laughs. Mm. Like. I do wonder if um, maybe American accent, uh, American audiences. Um, audiences might struggle with the accent, yeah. especially since you can't watch his mouth move. Yeah, I do wonder because, I mean, it's very um, Flight of the Concords, which is Taika Waititi was involved in as well, and, and which was made in America and, you know, like, presumably American audiences watched. Also but, stars an elf yeah. from Lord of the Rings. But I don't anyway. – I don't. my understanding is that people who are not Australian or New Zealand have trouble telling the difference between Australian and New Zealand accents. Mm. Um, which is really funny to us because we're like, well, there, there's a line in, in um, Flight of the Concords about how Australians suddenly make fun of New Zealand accents all the time. And so, like, but I, I, my understanding is that, yeah, Americans have a bit of trouble telling the difference between those two accents. So they won't get all, like, because it's really broad mm. and really, like, <laughs> um, typically New Zealand, like the way he phrases brew. things. Brew. Brew. Yeah. All the time. Oh, hey, new Doug. Um, yeah, I I don't care that he was a scene, that he was scene stealing because I thought he was really funny. Um, that kind of like everyday like situational humor mm. in the face of very extraordinary circumstances is such a takeaway TT thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's yeah. the whole basis of what we do in the shadows, which is why I was very surprised that Taiko does not get a writer credit on this mm. movie because I was like, a bunch of this movie is just him. There are three writers credited on this, and none of them is Taika Waititi, but so many lines, and I'm not just talking Korg lines, like so many lines is super Taikuri. The entire Doctor Strange Thor scene, mm. like that's all it's him. With him spilling his beer. I mean, yeah. A whole bunch of it is just such a – so there's such him jokes as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And so much of it, like huge amounts of Thor's stuff. Yeah. And, and there are certain lines as well that – feel like they were written by a Kiwi because they would have sounded good in a Kiwi accent. I, I can't exactly remember them. The devil's anus uh, stuff you I mentioned. did say the devil's anus, but devil's anus is funny no matter who says it. True. But there were other lines too, like mm. some that came out of Chris Hemsworth that just sounded, I don't know, you know how sometimes you just think that someone with a Kiwi accent wrote this or someone with a whatever accent wrote mm. this line and expected someone who doesn't have that accent to write to say it. Mm. So I did feel that. And, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why you didn't get the writing credit on it. And the, who these, what these other three people contributed. Like, maybe the story oh, the structure. Story, I would say. Yeah. I don't, I think the story was, was, you know, pre existing yeah. to a lot for, of that. Based stuff. on like interviews and stuff, um, Taika Waititi seems to say that, to, that Marvel let him have huge amounts of freedom, which you can mm. see. 
um, in ways that other directors have not been allowed freedom, so long as he stuck to their story points. Mm. Like they, so, and he did. He was like, fine, I'll do that, whatever, um, so long as I can, you know, do it my way. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being the case because the story points were very much like, this is where Thor needs to come from. This is where Thor needs to go. Mm. That all worked fine. Yeah. And you know, like I said, the, I think the big fight at the end really worked well. Um, mm. I, f- I like the team coming together because they really had to fight to put that team together. Mm. So that felt very strong. Yeah. I like that, you know, it starts out with them all in their individual battles and then they all kind of come together. Mm. I, I really enjoyed that final fight. That was one of the better ones that I've seen. Mm. And then it coming down to the giant, giant monster against Hela was fun. It worked well. Yeah. Um, I kind of hope she's not dead. <laughs> Yeah, I know we saw him kill her, but I kind of hope she's not dead. Oh, I also I kind of hope-, hope she shows up and like um gets to I don't know do something with Josh Brolin in Infinity War or something, that and they get to be really the villains cool. or something because it would be fun. That would be cool. I also hope that Loki picked up the Tesseract when he wandered past it. Oh, he I definitely. I'm, did. I'm assuming that he did. But that fucking hug tease too. Sorry. Oh, like- and also, but also there was that whole that that's another plot hole. By the way, they never explain how Loki gets off Asgard. Now, I assume That's because I he, took, he took the Commodore ship, right, mm. the big yellow ship, to go into the um, – to go in and actually put the tiara in the flames. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. The ears, the sp- spiky things yeah. in the it's flames. The and he took the ship and I was like, he doesn't need to take the ship. He could, you know, he's got other ways of transporting himself. So I assume he took the ship so that he could fly away and that's how yes. he got back to the other one. But they don't explain it and it's no. really weird and you don't see Loki for a bit on the ship and you're like, where's Loki? What's going on? And then they do that to do the tease like on the ship that he might not be mm. there but then he is there. I get it but like we need to. <laughs> we, we actually need-, need to know that. Yeah. We need the link there, guys. Mm. I don't know. That's a minor quibble though. The um. Yeah, that hug tease annoyed me. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. You earned that. <laughs> Let them have that. That annoyed me. <laughs> and then the final scene kind of was a weird mix. I think the problem is there's a couple of scenes that are a weird mix of humor and like mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be dramatic. Yeah. That don't quite work. And this, yeah, and this is the thing like through the movie. If there's a choice between actually, like they always choose the humor of yeah. the drama in anywhere and it means that that's why you miss all those you, the emotional weight isn't there. Mm. Like the only times that they kind of don't is, yes, in that big fight mm. at the end. Yeah. But um, mm. when you're building up to Ragnarok, I feel like it should probably have more weight than it did. Yeah, like, it, you know, the whole – I mean, they're, it's the end of their world. You've yeah. got to kind of yeah, – And we're, and Thor's barely there. Mm. It's an odd And it's also – su- like it also kind of happens so quickly as well. Yeah. You ca- they kind of depend on you already having that connection with mm, And the thing Asgard. is because <laughs> the bit where she throws the knives up and the ceiling comes down and the old ceiling's just under it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laughed really hard at that for some reason. I was like, they didn't even paint over it. They just built another lower ceiling <laughs> and put the new Apparently. paintings there. <laughs> like, Apparently. I was just like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. <sighs> um, But what? And then she like puts the big I, I just kind of liked watching her just wantonly destroy things she was fun she was very fun like her the level of destruction is so massive that mm. she's capable of that that was really i mean there's just no question like she's so powerful there's mm. never any question of her being insanely powerful and much more powerful than everybody else around mm-hmm. her um and it does start with that hammer break which is a really good moment that yeah. should have had a better scene around it yeah, I feel like I've been criticizing this movie a lot when I actually really enjoyed it. I know, it. right? It's really fun, right? Yeah. But also, 
it yeah, it has some problems. I, I think probably one of the highlights though, the music is really good. <gasps> it makes really say. good use of a Led Zeppelin song, Im- the immigrant song by oh, Led yeah, Zeppelin. That's great. And it's so good. But so also good. just the score is this like seventies mm. synthy like yeah, yeah, and it just sounds like what it looks like. This neon infused world. It's oh, yeah. so it's good, really perfect. I'm um, so yeah. pleased. Mark Mothersbaugh is yeah. the the composer. And I'm looking him up because I'm not every sure time what I see done. his name, I think of um Rugrats. Oh, and I don't know if he actually wrote the theme to Rugrats. So oh, I, he, I mean, he's been around a long time. Yes, I know. He's and he's a good composer. I mean, mm. you know. He did. He did do the thing to Rugrats. Oh, you're not wrong. Okay. (laughs) Every time I see his name, that's the first thing I think of. I'm like, oh, the guy from Rugrats. Yeah, okay. Um, Yes, Mark Mars was a lot of um, scores and some of them are better than others, but I thought this one was Mm. brilliant. I was really into it. Mm -hmm. And we know that that Marvel has had problems with scores before. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's had some really good ones, like Captain America and the first Avengers, but yeah. Valkyrie's theme when she first came in, I was like, yes, (laughs) so good. I loved that. Yeah. I was so pleased when that happened. And then she falls off the ramp. Mm. That was fun. Very Tiger-esque entrance. It was, but it was also, I just, it was, I really appreciated it. And I partly appreciated it because that was a total surprise. Mm. Like we didn't know anything about what she was going to be like. The trailers didn't give any of that away. The drinking problem and everything was total surprise. And so that was really fun. And she Mm. was a really fun character. She wasn't really defined by anything particular, like not by her gender or any Mm. of that sort of thing. Um Although, you know, that was another thing. I, I thought it was funny that Thor was fanboying over the Valkyrie, but then you're like, and he's like, oh, they're all women warriors. And you're like, you already know a woman warrior. And your mother was a woman. What are you talking about? Like, mm. it Well, just, it would have been funnier if he just said, I wanted to be a Valkyrie when I grew up no, and I, left it at that. I didn't mind that like, he kind of oh, goes but on then I figured out so that there were women. awkwardly. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's the, he has a crush on her, so he's feel, Yeah, yeah, no, awkward. I get it's it. Fine. it just, yeah. But. It was more the um. It's about time that there's a whole mm. like, and then you're like Zoe hasn't been fighting alongside Sif for like two movies, and as though Frigga wasn't like mm. incredibly a powerful witch and fighter. Yeah, yeah, like that's that was stupid. That was mm. stupid. Um, and that's the thing is that they really does, and also like take away from all of the female pre-existing female characters. And what's just yeah, things. and and why does Asgard have the same like patriarchal ideas about gender that? Right, the human but that's world the thing does. is that it doesn't impl- it, it's never been implied that it does. Yeah, which exactly. is why those and jokes are out of place. Yeah, because also we've got the old, the older daughter coming in to claim the throne, right? Instead of like yeah. in, in on like in Earth societies traditionally, it's always been the oldest son who claims right. the throne, but she's the oldest child, so she's yeah. like, I'm the rightful heir. There's no like, and nobody questions that. Yes, exactly. Mm. This is what I'm like. This is my. Uh, this is a problem I've actually had with. Taika Waititi films in particular before is that he and what we do in the shadows is pretty similar he just doesn't want to write women or have yeah. women uh, in the movies Pla- like I'm, it's very rare unless it's like Rachel House yeah Flight of the Concords actually has the same problem where which he wrote and directed extensively for it, it's just like he just doesn't want to be bothered with them mm. doesn't find them interesting or funny but it's a I mean he can do it clearly because Valkyrie was great Mm. Um, he's written a couple good roles for Rachel House, and yeah, in um her role in uh in Hunt for the Wilder People, and actually the the foster mother that died in that movie, she was also had a really nicely written role. She did, but then there's also the remember the teenage girl fringed, that, so. that um 
Oh, yep, yep. He had a crush on, that Ricky had a crush on, who is a very, very thinly sketched character and is just there as a kind of object of his affections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, lots of things like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just seems like he, yeah, that annoys me. But I don't know. I mean, it's sort of neither here nor there for a lot of this movie. And certainly not the only person in the Marvel universe. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's also an ongoing Marvel problem. Yeah. And it's frustrating because they always have one really good female character. Yeah. Like the the women tend to the, – the main girls tend to be great. Mm. You know, Jane is probably an exception, but that was a, a lot of problems with that. Um, yeah, but Darcy was great. And But then you look at like Peggy is fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, um, and um, Pepper is great. Yep. And Black Widow got one good movie. Black Widow. I, I like Black Widow. I like her too, but there was only there's only been one movie where she was really well written. Which one? First Avengers. Okay. Yeah, there was a problem with her in Iron, the first Iron first Man. She in was the, in this, yeah, Iron Man 2. And then oh, yeah, that's she wasn't right, so great everybody in has Age of Ultron either. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm trying to remember. But she's great in Winter Soldier too. Yes, she so is. So that's two. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah. She's, she's good in two. Because yeah. oh, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I was – because I remembered her being really good in Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, I'd And I forgotten. loved that whole, like, their whole kind of buddy storyline in that. Mm. But, Yeah. Winter anyway. Soldier is such a great movie. I know. Winter Soldier is still my favorite. Yeah. By far. <laughs> like, good. Anybody, people complain about Marvel always, you know, being the same and stuff. Winter Soldier really broke out of that mold years ago, made a very, like, timely and mm. solid criticism of modern America and all this other stuff, plus a great movie that had a lot of emotional depth, didn't have, like, a shoehorned in romantic storyline. Mm. I mean, it's just such a good movie. Yeah. It had, even had a good score. Mm-hmm. So people seem to just brush over that one. So I was reading something recently that was like, oh, all the best movies in in Marvel are the third ones in the series. And then they went, because Civil War was the best Captain America movie. I was like, Civil what? War isn't even a Captain America movie to start what? with. I was who, so angry. Who thinks that? Seriously. It was Empire. Who thinks that? Yeah, I think it was Empire. And the third Iron Man movie, compared to the first Iron Man movie, which is the reason Marvel Studios exists and blew everybody away and put them back onto superhero movies again, mm. um, show your work, please, because no. Well, I, my biggest problem with that was just the Captain America thing. I was like, that's just not true. Oh. Winter Soldier was clearly the best. It's clearly better. And, and also the best Marvel movie to date. Mm. Yeah. I'd say the my favourites are that and Avengers and, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did and then really probably original Iron Man for me after that. I like original Iron Man too, but I did really enjoy this a lot. Yeah, I had a great deal of fun, and um, it's clear that to the audiences we watched it with also had a lot of fun. Although mm. I did find it like relatively small crowds, um, given that it was. I have a feeling that that might just be that they put it on so much because there's nothing else yeah. to challenge it. Yeah, so true. it was on like every hour. <laughs> that is true. Um. Like we weren't even in. Oh no, we were in a big cinema. Mm, we were. But that, 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 I mean, it know, was it was playing on everywhere. School night, I suppose. But yeah, it, it was relatively small. But I, I assume it's going to kill everything else at the box office oh, this week. Almost definitely. And I mean, everybody's going to see it. But yeah, I I love the. I do really love how hard they went after this aesthetic. Like yeah. that was. I appreciate that, that so much. Um, that like rainbow Thor Ragnarok logo at the end, and it, actually, I really like the way they started the the um the title of the movie at the start as well, where he, he escapes from the devil thingy, mm. and he like. It, it his you know passage up to um Asgard is like the Thor Ragnarok in his wake was yeah. great all of that stuff I mean the whole I, it just looks really good and it's really mm. they really put a lot of effort into making it look amazing and 
the marketing for it mm. matches the tone of the movie. Yes. I don't like things when you know when we saw Suicide Squad, the marketing for it completely didn't match the tone of the movie and yeah. they didn't didn't live up to the aesthetics that they were um using for that marketing, but this definitely just went for that. Mm. Um and it's actually quite a different aesthetic to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. People were talking about how this is like, you know, but Guardians it will of the complement, Galaxy. Compliment compliment with an E, Guardians of the Galaxy quite yes. well when they all meet up in Infinity War. Yeah, I think definitely they feel like they're all part of the same universe and mm. they um interact mm. through this. Like it feels like it's all of yeah. a piece. And I do and, and I do like the deliberate move to associate Thor with non Earth instead of the Earthbound. You know, like the Avengers are on Earth and the Guardians are in you know, off world kind of thing. Although, you know, there's all of these planets. There's the nine realms that, that mm. the Asgardians are in charge of. And what planets do we see? <laughs> We see Earth, we see Asgard, and one other place. We never go to any of the other nine realms. No. Like, Hela never really threatens any of the other nine realms, but that's and, partly because she's also Heimdall like, we should, be, we should be going after more than just the nine realms and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't see no, any we don't other see, realms. No. It's just odd. Um, it's silly, you know? It's just they never, they don't, really don't care about that stuff at all. Mm. And Thor taking out the mantle of King, kind of, a lot of the movie isn't about that. Mm. beginning and the end are and the middle's not so they really should have put more effort into yeah because that is a big deal i think and i think they could have done it a little more with thor and valkyrie Mm. um they kind of hint at it here and there but it doesn't quite come through the way it could no i think that would have been good um to give that a bit it needs more weight like Mm. it needs more emotional weight because it's a journey for thor from sort of how we've seen him is this guy who does a lot of traveling and a lot of fighting. The like, big- he's not often on Asgard. So, for him to actually, like, settle yeah. and come back to lead his people is a big thing, which is why I was left feeling like, hmm, you know, Heimdall's probably a better king. The bit where he um, goes, I run towards my problems instead of away from them. <laughs> I'm like, not traditionally, buddy. <laughs> not traditionally. <laughs> no, this is why we've had three movies and a couple of Avengers about you because you like to get out of the way when things are going badly. Exactly. The whole point, the st- whole start of this movie, he, he, in the end of the second one, we see him leaving um, with Loki pretending to be Odin. And yeah. it's like been two years or more before mm. he comes back. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not about um, In fact, it's more, not more than two years because it, he talks about Sokovia, which was – Sokovia was two years ago, yeah. Which was two years ago, and that was after the last Thor movie, so mm. which yeah. Yeah, that, that stuff on the um on the Quinjet was really, really good. Mm-hmm. That had more emotional weight than a lot of the rest yeah, of the because, movie. Yeah, um, because Mark Ruffalo is so good. He is. He's so always really good. good in that part. Like he just the shits all over any other actors who've ever tried to play the Hulk. He just brings so much pathos to the character. Mm, he does. He, he oh my god, he's wonderful. Even when he's funny. It's like funny in a sort of sympathetic way. Mm. He really does. It works really well. Also, I liked his relationship with Valkyrie, both mm. as Banner and as Hulk. That yeah. was really cute. They worked well together. Mm. I don't like Valkyrie's outfit. I her- have some issues with the costumes. I um, do you mean her outfit on that she gets on on Asgard or her original? I the original one. I think I just got used to because this because the like one Thor's. that she wears on. Oh, Nazgard! I was like, "That's ugly." <laughs> oh, like, yeah, but she, did you? Um, Loki's I don't know why outfits, she's wearing that. Loki's outfit's not good either. The leather looks fake. Like, he, yeah, I don't know who did the costuming this time, but Thor looks fine. He 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 looks great. But the the 
the leather, the green leather on the front of Loki's outfit looks plasticky and the colours don't quite work properly this time. Uh, okay. Um, I found a note. I don't mind Valkyrie. I don't actually mind Valkyrie's outfit so much. The second one I really didn't like, the 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 Valkyrie one, yeah, I yeah. didn't like at all. Also, you know she never gets named in this movie? She mm. doesn't have a name. And also they She's talk about a being Valkyrie. a Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of – it's kind of weird because she was – And Thor never was, asks her name? No, and because she was billed as Valkyrie – um, which maybe that's her name in the comics, but the way they do it here, it's sort of like she's a Valkyrie. Yeah, she's she one of many a... of them. But if there's many Valkyries, then it's presumably they each have a name. And she's called like scavenger number something or other. Yeah. And she just doesn't have a name. Mm. I thought that was weird. Mm. Anyway, it's not a problem really. It was just a comment. No, it was just odd. Um, it, it's one of those things. There's quite a few things in this film that kind of there's a bit of like carelessness where things have sort of been forgotten or not really like fully – the loop hasn't been fully closed for the audience. And, yeah, I feel like things. that's partly because it, it is definitely more of a comedy. Mm. Like it's, it feels like a, a comedy movie, mm. which is one of the reasons why I think we're, we're doing this is because, like, it, we, we always have trouble reviewing comedies because what do you say about, oh, yes, it was funny. That's, yeah. that's all you can like, really do. And it's, that's part of the experience and you can't sort of recreate that when you talk about it. You just have to sit and watch it and enjoy it. Um, I do also think that there is probably something in that that this is a massive jump in scale to what Taika Waititi is used to doing. Like he clearly – um like he's clearly experienced. Like he's been making films for like a decade or more. So he's not like he's an inexperienced director getting into this, but this is a lot bigger than anything else he's done. It is, but and I – And Marvel tend – you tend to kind of have – you're a lot less hands-on. I think making little Kiwi films, I think you end up doing a lot of the – like you'd be a lot more hands-on into all the details and I don't necessarily think that he was quite as much in this. Yeah, but I think that – I mean in terms of – he can structure a drama fine. Mm. So that's not – a reason for this to not have that dramatic structure. Yeah. That it and I think it the I do think the third act kind of pulls that all together pretty well. Yeah. Um, most really people good. close their arcs. Valkyrie closes her arc. So does Hulk, so does Thor and Loki. Mm. Um Loki finally gets to really properly be heroic. Yeah. Like really properly be heroic, which is why they earned that hug <laughs> that doesn't happen. It should have happened. And which is why we also earned seeing him get away from Asgard as well. Yeah. We earned that scene. Exactly. And we earned the reunion hug. That's a just oh, the, the tease. That's a tease. Mm. Um that annoys me. <laughs> There's not much I, I dislike more than hug teasers. <laughs> I like <laughs> hugs. I like the emotional that emotional satisfaction you get yeah, out of that. It frustrates me. <laughs> that, mm. that was like the biggest frustration for me when I finished the movie. That I was like, where was it? Was it there? <laughs> you don't just say you're gonna do it and then not do it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do feel like they really put a lot of effort into a lot of the stuff in this mm. movie. Making that aesthetic work, oh, making yeah, it different, making it funny. Mm. And and the character work I think is really good. Mm. The character work I genuinely think is like they created new characters that had heaps and heaps of, you know, emotional weight and story and mm. stuff. Mm. So it just seemed like they didn't care about the pre-existing ones. And the character work with Thor and Loki is some of the best I've seen for both of them. To get to see kind of Loki being like – having to examine himself a mm. little and in a way that – because he's always been, like, rubbing up against people, you know, mm. um, and disappointing Odin and, and all that sort of stuff. But in this movie, Thor just kind of accepts yeah. the state of their relationship, which forces Loki into a different position. Yeah. 
Um, and you can see him grappling with that a lot. Mm. Yeah, it's it's that sort of our we we had a dynamic that was set up when our parents were around, mm. but they're not here anymore, and we're going to renegotiate our relationship on our own terms. Yeah, and it was really. Like when he tries to trick Thor mm. at the end, it's played for laughs. But when he tries to trick Thor and Thor knows it and he tricks him back, yeah, you kind of feel bad. <laughs> like it just feels kind of sad. You do actually. Like they come so far and then he, he ruins that and then he kind of turns around and, and saves it in the end. Yeah. I like that. That was good. I also nice. thought it was funny when he came down and he was like, it's me, your savior. Oh, my God, yes. he's still Loki. He's still Loki, which um, is great. I like that they don't, like, depower him or take away who he is, but he's definitely no. a god of mischief and not of, like, yeah. evil in mm-hmm. this. Like, sometimes they push him to evil, which is for plot points, like in the first Avengers. Yeah, but really um, But he's, he's also being manipulated a lot in the first yeah, Avengers. Yeah, it's, it's the mischief aspect. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely much more into, much more into mischief in this one. Yeah. You um, can't, you can't resist the mischief. Like, it's not even so much when he kind of gets evil. Heimdall out of the way, it's just, he doesn't want to kill Heimdall or anything. He just wants to get him out of the way because he thinks that Heimdall's too smart and mm. will know what's going on. So, yeah, he, he he's not like – I don't think he really kills anybody, does he? No, I don't think so. No, he's just sort of mischievous and out for number one in this. Yeah, which is – that's what Loki's supposed to do. Yeah, and it's supposed to provide a counterpoint to Thor, mm. um, which is what – they work best together, you know. Mm. I thought it was uh, that, and their stuff together was great. Mm. And then that's, and that of course is why Thor has earned the throne mm. because he's learned, he's grown enough to realize that, you know, his brother, he loves his brother, but his brother's never going to change. Yeah, and that in itself kind of changes Loki. Yep, and and then he realizes that he can trust him enough to, um, save their people at the end. Yep, it was great. I liked that. Um, yeah, they definitely hit and miss things, but. That's hmm. sort of the case with every Marvel movie, I suppose. These days, it has been for a while. Yeah, um, like you know, I mean, but it you still go has and, been. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I think we just kind of some of our favorites loom so large in our mind, like Winter Soldier and the First Avengers and and Iron Man. That I think we kind of. The, but even those have some. Like the first Iron yeah. Man is a really, really great opener of a movie. But there's a lot of problems with the rest of the movie, like that has yeah, the villain yeah. problem. This movie does not have a villain problem. No, no, she's like, a great villain. She is a great villain. She she is a a, a villain that is important emotionally. Mm. She feels like a real threat. She's played by Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that every time that she does the thing with her hair, I, I sort of got a thrill every time that she turns <laughs> the hair into the antlers. It kind of just made me excited. I know, and like she's it's so just great. A good it's, visual. It, it's also like the most Kate of roles, like. She's, there's a lot of her personality in there as well, like that sort of um, snarkiness that she doesn't often get allowed to play. What I also like is that you can really see how Hela and Loki, even though Loki's adopted, <laughs> came from the same family. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that they put that as a comparison between Hela and Loki, even though Loki's mm. the one who's adopted. Yeah, and- I, I, I like that actually because it's, again, it's about the the family that they have there's never no no one ever kind of loki's adopted but that doesn't mean he has but any less loki. claim <laughs> than the other people in his other siblings in his mm. family which is nice but yeah they're both dark head slytherins the, yeah the, and uh, even their costumes are very complimentary the house stuff in this is so like it's like heimdall <laughs> you've got heimdall the hufflepuff thor the gryffindor loki and hella are slytherins and then i suppose valkyrie would have to be the ravenclaw mm. yeah which uh we haven't seen too much of but she's pretty smart she definitely yeah. uses her intelligence more than her fighting skills to mm. get stuff done. 
But and and she's got the Ravenclaw like it, they're not quite a self preservation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is why I've discovered I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, she's got that aspect as well. Um, which makes her makes it work with her blue cape at the end. Yeah, mm. exactly. It's it's um that's the thing about Asgard. It's very much down those traditional lines of mm. you know you've got Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff in there. Mm. But yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It was a really fun movie. I yeah. feel like I, that I've been trashing it a lot. I know. I feel bad as Even well. Even though it was definitely my favorite Marvel movie, favorite Marvel movie of this year, and possibly for a while, I'd say maybe since Winter Soldier. Mm. Yeah, I, actually, to me, it actually had a bit in common with the Spider-Man movie that came out in the middle of the year. Yeah, whereby, more comedy. Yeah, it was very comedy um, and it was fun, but I also kind of wasn't really left with much. It was like fairy floss, you know, you kind of enjoy the taste of it while you eat it, but then there's nothing on your tongue. You know, it, it was just... I didn't feel that. I really didn't because I thought about... I was thinking about this movie just like that night. Mm. I was staying up in bed thinking about it. And the next day I was thinking about it a lot. Both times. I was like, yeah, I saw Thor last night. Oh, so maybe it just connected with me more than you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I really did enjoy it and it is fun. But I, I also kind of... It was there and then it was gone. But it is probably the best one we've had for a while. Is It's probably objectively better than the Spider-Man movie, which was, yeah, really went heavy into the comedy um, as you know, I'm not as into the the Guardians movies, although I liked the second one. Um, yeah, it's the best one for a while, I think. Yeah, the second Guardians movie was pretty good. Um, although we've got a run of interesting Marvel coming out now because I think next year we've got um Black Panther quite early in the year. Yeah, but we also have Ant Man and the Wasp next year. I forgot I think, they were making that. Which is to That's me right. They pushed Carol back for that. They pushed Carol back for it. I hated the first Ant-Man. Honestly, I think the first Ant-Man is my least favourite Marvel movie, even though I don't think it's objectively the worst one mm-hmm. because it's the one that makes me the angriest. Yeah, yeah. Like I just – I get so yeah. frustrated Whereas whenever I think Ultron about it. Ultron is the one that makes me incredibly angry and – I know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. – I didn't – like I've said, I didn't see yeah, the thing. Yeah, I'm really cranky about that. Ultron. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I get – I understand that feeling about mm. like a movie that you'll just irrationally hate. Black Panther looks great though. Yeah, yeah. Black I'm Pi- looking, yeah. I'm looking through my notes and I've written all these things like I've written in a row Gamp's Law and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh, oh what, no, no, that's Black right. Luke Skywalker was when um Odin appeared. And, yeah, yeah. On the cliff. And I was like, yeah. this is like I don't Star know Wars. what you mean by Gamp's Law though. Yeah, I do now. It's the beer ref- refilling yeah, in yeah. the cup and things. And I'm like, but surely he can't do that because food is one of <laughs> the exceptions to Gamp's Law, which is a Harry Potter thing mm. um, where you can't like create it from, from nothing, nothing or yeah. transfigure something into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know Hella was their sister before I went to see the movie. No, me neither. I didn't um, know that either. But when they said, she's your sister, I was like, oh, of course, course she is. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It did. It made a lot of sense. Yeah, there were a lot of things on that mountain that didn't work. Because I've got a lot of notes from there that are just, like what I said, the same problem as Guardians where the drama seems lack sincerity mm. and then – rushed yeah and i also wrote quick change because they change out of their like they just magic their clothes into human their, clothes away into their and I was regular like, outfits that doesn't seem like something that both of them should be able to do i think that's uh, something that loki should be able to do but i don't think that's something that thor can do traditionally is it uh i don't know in terms of getting into battle dress i mean it does it just felt wrong oh okay i wasn't really bothered by that mm. 
I also wrote A plus for the score. Mm. Tessa is having fun. Oh yeah, pure imagination in the Wonka ride. Oh yeah, that bit that that was great. Um, I forgot about that. I was like, clearly somebody on Sakaar has been to Earth and watched some Earth movies because yeah, that that whole sequence where he he goes along in the chair like he's on a roller coaster. That's so well done. Well, it is, but that's all. It's it is the Willy Wonka scene. It's the scene Mm, in the tunnel. The um, the is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane blowing? That bit. Yeah, the, it was the really creepy good. bit. That whole bit was really good. Um, we do know that Korg was Taker. I didn't know at first and I figured it out very quickly. Yeah. Zombie army. Yeah, Hella's zombie army. But she that were just like they, they built an extra layer above the basement in on Asgard because apparently that's, that's what Odin does. I know. I, I do like that they hung a lantern on that, that mm-hmm. they were like that he just covers things up. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but you'd think he'd do a better job and actually cover things, like <laughs> paint over them yeah, like, or like, like – Bury them in concrete or if, something, yeah, not just hide it under another layer. Because as if in a world where Loki and, and Frigga have lived for several thousand years, they wouldn't find those things at some yeah. point. Although I, you say that, but at, at the same time, I wonder if Odin was keeping that stuff around just in case he wanted to use it again. That's true. He may have. Also, was Frigga Hela's mother? I don't know. It doesn't say. Hmm. I don't think so based on the way they talk about her, but then it doesn't say. See, I don't think so either. Because yeah, it's also really strongly implied the whole time that Loki is Frigga's favourite. Yeah, that's true. And and that also like Thor um Thor is as good as he is because he's got you know, he's half her. Yeah. Um so I, I really do think she's someone else's child. Yeah. I'd be interested to find that out. Yeah. Um I with the comedy stuff, just watching Goldblum and Hiddles watch the fight. <gasps> Oh my god! Was yes, one of the best parts. Just watching their reactions. That's was one why of the best I enjoyed the fight the so much. The, the that, movie. like especially that bit, the callback to the Avengers, where um, where Thor flings, uh, no, where Hulk flings Thor around like yeah, a rag doll, yeah. and he's like standing up at the door. That's what it feels like, yeah. and it's just great. And, and Goldblum's like, "What is going on with but Loki?" But also, it, both of them are kind of like, "What's going oh, yeah. on?" Oh yeah, and the Loki's fight sport and, faces as well. Like he's got this bet on the game, but also yeah. that's his brother. But also he knows Hulk. And he's yeah. terrified because the last time he saw Hulk, Hulk flung him around like a ragdoll. When he first sees Hulk, his face. Th- he does the most wonderful faces. This is why it's just all, it's just such good value having Hiddles in these movies. Mm. Like he always brings it. And even when he's underplaying like this, just only his that was, reactions. That scene was the most like Hiddlesy of all the scenes, like compared to the like that's was the most like the Loki from the earlier movies. Well, that apart from when Anthony Hopkins was playing him at the beginning, uh, when yeah. he comes back as Loki at the beginning, he's quite Loki-ish. Yeah, um, but that, even that, on Earth, mm. he's you know grumping and in the black suit looks so good. <laughs> it's um, so funny that terrible. I think hair. being scared of Hela is a really big influence on him in this. Mm. Um, I think he's just cowed a lot in this, but yeah, it, it mm. really he's just such good value and. That whole fight, like everybody's reactions, you know, Thor's reaction when he realizes Hulk doesn't <laughs> recognize him and, or, you know, uh, will still fight him and all that. Everything was just so on point mm. that, yeah, I can, that, the set pieces in this work really well. Mm. Um, and the big moments, apart from that bit, first act, I think the f- just, they really needed to kind of restructure. And I wonder if maybe it was a rushing thing. Yeah. And, and if, as you say, they've redone a whole lot of stuff. It, that makes a lot of sense. Because it really does feel like that first act doesn't work, right? Mm. It's There's something wrong with it. And it kind of sets the tone for the movie where you're like anxious to fix that, mm. but it doesn't get to fix that till right at the end. Yep. I liked the scene where um, 
Heimdall brings Thor to as like see Thor on Asgard mm. and their little interaction there. That was really mm. good. So yeah, I think there's quite a few story points that work really well. Mm. I just I did really enjoy it. I feel like I've been shitting on it. No, you haven't. Way more than I. I don't. I don't think you've been shitting on it. Intended to. Um, but there's we also have a, a been going of, almost an hour. So there's also a sort of storyline. Um, this I thought you might like to talk about. Which one? That's kind of about colonization. Um, oh. and like white colonization with Hela and how Hela and Odin took over the other worlds, mm. and now they're being trying to be so benevolent and so kind, but really they just like took them over with killing a lot of people and war and oh, stuff. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, but you're right. That's how Asgard came to be head and of the Nine Realms. And now the Asgardians find themselves refugees. Yes. I thought that was a really interesting. That is a very interesting story. Um, story. And the fact that that was portrayed as so, like, negative. And I kind of like the way that Odin just keeps being brought into question all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the- he's so unquestionably, you mm. know, worshipped. Yeah that it's really a problem and and Thor mm. has to kind of accept that he's not a hero and all these other things because a lot of these stories have always been about this massive figure that their father is and mm. this massive kind of hero and everything and he's always letting his kids down yeah all the time he's a pretty terrible father but we also find out that he's a pretty terrible person mm. and they have to kind of come to terms with that yeah and I think Thor finding out that he's a pretty terrible person kind of makes lo- it easier for Loki to connect with Thor. Yep. And then, like that. And that makes it easier then to bring about Ragnarok. Yeah. To, to actively make that decision to say what my father did was wrong. We don't agree with that. We can rebuild and we can live our lives another way. Even though that was Odin's idea. Mm. But, yeah. Oh, well, he gives him the idea, although it's a mm. vision of Odin's ghost. So who knows yeah. if it was really Odin. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely acted like Odin because he was way underplayed. Like, mm-hmm. especially in this movie where everybody's just overacting like crazy. Anthony Hopkins' this- performance was so out of place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all of the things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I do think it was quite good. What Do you want to give a rating? Yeah. I mean, I wrote four stars in my book. Mm. I think you're going to go lower. So, I'll just keep – I think I'll stick with four stars. So, I'm going to go with four stars as well oh, because okay. I don't know what else to give it because I did have a lot of fun. Mm. I, I have some problems with it. But I also don't – like, what else am I going to give it? This was still way more fun than I've had in a while at the movies. Yeah, that's true. As, oh, I don't know. I thought Happy Death Day was fun. That's true. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it is a lot of fun and it's really trying to do something different. Mm. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I just – and the quibbles that I have are, like, they're not – they didn't ruin the movie for me No, or no, no. It's, but they're things that, again, Marvel still needs to work on and they really need to work on their women problem. Yeah. But it looks like Black Panther might – Mm. Black Panther, there's a whole lot of women in it that are doing a whole lot of stuff and mm. really the only kind of men are like seem to have smaller roles. Although the Michael B. Jordan seems to be the main villain. Main villain, though. yeah. I don't know. I think he's a um, – I actually think he's a um, henchman. Mm, okay. I have a feeling that he is working for somebody else. Yeah, okay. From what I've seen, I don't know for sure, but it seems yeah. like – because he's sort of like talking about – actually, it kind of looks like it's going for a Martin Luther King versus – Malcolm, um, X. Malcolm X kind uh, yeah. of idea. Yep, yep. But I still feel like Michael B. Jordan might be working for somebody else. Okay. He just – it just gives me that vibe, like he might be working for Claw or somebody. Mm-hmm. That's certainly possible. Or possibly somebody who's in 
probably somebody who's in um, Black Panther's council who is like uh, seems like a good guy for most of the movie, but then he turns out to be an evil politician by mm. the end of the movie, and it turns out that Michael B. Jordan's working for him. That's my prediction for Black Panther. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'll come back and listen to this six months from now when it's out. I think that makes some sense. Okay, so I guess we will wrap up. Um, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Uh, firstly, if you are in Canberra and you want to join us to watch uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, our tickets for our screening are now on sale. You can find them on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Silver Screen Queens um, or linked from our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, we very much like Yay. to see uh, everyone on the night. We always have so much fun doing these screenings. People dress up. We dress up, we drink wine, and we do a live episode of the show after we watch the movie. It's lots of fun. Yep. And, yeah, otherwise, uh, if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, as I said, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.